Hello. I'm going to talk on inner freedom, key to right action. Now, both of these words may not catch you right away. People think of freedom, they think of political freedom, they think of freedom from the office, freedom from the need to earn a living, freedom of all kinds, as we've just heard in the song, freedom through a revolution, freedom in wealth, freedom in political power. Inner freedom is something else. And then again, right action doesn't really attract many people. They'd like to act in the right way, but on the other hand, their main thing is to get from point A to point B and not worry about how they get there. The uh, old and much discredited dictum that the end justifies the means is the way, in one way or another, that a lot of people live. They're willing to shout and get angry with others because they have something that they want to accomplish, not because they want to get those people angry. They're willing to cut a few corners in business thinking that, well, after all, if the tax department doesn't see me, the important thing is that I make this profit. And uh, whether legally or illegally, whether rightly or slightly shadily, whatever it is, one uh, man I know of made the comment, which I suspect is by no means original with him, that you can't be a success in business and be honest. Well, that of course runs right against the idea of right action, unless you define right in terms of getting yours. But there is within each one of us the thought that we'd like to be able to do things in the right way. We'd like to be moral about what we're doing. We'd like to feel that what we're doing is going to be of some benefit to other people, that it will perhaps help the world in some way. Whatever it is, there's something within us that does long for right action, whether we actually think consciously, uh, frequently about that issue or not. Most people decide somewhere in their college years that the important thing is to get ahead, not to matter to worry too much about how you do it. Now, what I want to talk about is to not think about getting ahead, but to do it, everything you do, to live it in the right state of consciousness. <clears throat> if you don't act peacefully, no matter what you gain in the way of money or position or whatever, it won't give you peace because you won't have the mindset developed for appreciating peace, for being able to enjoy it even when you've achieved your goals. If you don't live in a sense of justice, how do you expect to achieve justice once you've got there? How many people in politics have sort of sold their conscience in order to get where they think they'll be able to exercise their conscience for the welfare of others, but what they are doing is simply and they can't help it because they've already already started the momentum in that direction. They can't help continuing to grab more and more power, more and more prestige, and uh, not at all think in terms of the rightness and wrongness of things unless they're giving some bombastic lecture on the subject, sort of pleasing the crowds. But to really have that kind of consciousness that we define as right. Now, what is right action? Right action, I think we could turn it right around and say that right action can be defined in terms of the inner freedom it gives you. And what I want to say today, then, is that it takes a measure of non-attachment, a measure of, you might say, emotional non-involvement, 
in order to be able to act rightly so that you haven't sold your soul to the devil, so to speak, so that you haven't so committed yourself that you can't stop yourself. You're just running down a hill, and if you stopped, you'd fall over, so you have to keep running. That uh, inner peace, is, inner freedom is necessary in order to achieve a measure of balance in your life. But I would say then the other way around, too, that the guide to what is right action and what is wrong action is not what society tells you, but whether it will give you inner freedom. I think that's about the best, line, best uh, guideline I can think of. I remember I was in a, uh, on a panel of lecturers in London a few, day, a few years ago, and the man speaking just before me was a dean of the Church of England. And he was one of these modern prelates who are very strong in politics and very angry and very relevant. And he stood up there and the first thing he shouted at the crowd was, you must politicize your religion. And then he started talking with great anger and so on about the poverty and the prostitutes and the uh, slums and this thing and that thing. And that your religion has to be relevant to those things by getting out there and doing something about it. And uh, I thought, well, there are a lot of things a person can do, and I don't choose to serve in that way. And if people serve in that way because they're told that they're supposed to, or that, or that they've got to, they won't be able to bring peace to what they're doing. They won't be able to bring benefits to what they're doing. Some of the worst people, as far as the good influence, the good effect they have on the world, are those who classify themselves, at least, as do-gooders. They're going around doing good to everyone but themselves, and the good they do is no good either. And uh, so I stood up after this man, I was the next in line, and I normally like to speak supportively of the other speakers to try to give a sense of a united front, but this one I just couldn't let go by. And I started, I started by saying that if you feel inspired by God to politicize your religion, to get into politics, to worry about the slums and the prostitutes and the various problems and ills of society, then certainly you should do that. There have been people like St. Vincent de Paul and others who, uh, Mother Teresa is a wonderful example, but she hasn't politicized her work. She frankly admits that uh, there are plenty of doctors who could do better work than they. This is an act of devotion, and it's their devotion that they can bring to bear that's far more meaningful to people than just healing their wounds. And so, yes, there are people who do that, but they've been inspired by God. They've been inspired by their higher self. They feel, this is what I'm meant to do. And I said that if, on the other hand, you feel that God wants you to rake leaves in the park, then that's a more valid occupation for you than it would be to do something you don't feel. The man, the dean who spoke before me, was quite angry, but he'd had his turn and couldn't rebut me, which wasn't entirely fair of me. But the truth I had stated is I firmly believe it, and that is that, that uh, we have to live by what we feel from within. We feel we've got this duty to discharge, and if we do that, then we'll feel a sense of relief, of freedom, if you will. We had this to do, it's given us freedom. Actually, the goal of human life is to achieve inner freedom. So that what you do isn't all that important. It can help people, but you know, conquering kingdoms or building hospitals and so on, in the last analysis, it'll get done if it's to be done. 
I don't mean to have a laissez-faire attitude toward it, but I mean that in the effect it's going to have on you in your long, the long history of your soul, it won't be anything. What you take from you, with you, I should say, from this world, when you leave this world, will be what you've gained in your consciousness. And the satisfaction of having built something that you'll forget was there, uh, it won't, that won't be meaningful. But the peace that you managed to develop in yourself by sharing peace with others, the hope that you managed to develop in yourself by sharing hope with others, what you have made yourself a channel for, that you will take with you. So that the peace, the happiness, the love, the peace of, the, the, the peace of mind and soul, the inner freedom, these are things that are yours. So what we should do in this world is act in such a way as to always feel free inside. Don't look at the goal and think, any way I get there is going to be fine. Think, no, the real race is the running, not the goal line, not that string you break at the end, the ribbon or whatever it is. The running. Act in freedom. And the next thing is that with that freedom, you'll find that it's very easy to do the right thing. Somebody came to Ananda, the village in which I live, Ananda World Brotherhood Village, near Nevada City, California. Somebody came here many years ago when we were just struggling and I had been earning the money to build this village. I didn't have backers. I had to do it myself to begin with, with everybody jeering from the sidelines to say it wasn't possible. So I had faith in this dream and I I worked and gave classes and God sent me enough students to be able to earn enough money to pay off the land and so on. And I found that uh, the important thing was my inner freedom. So that when people came to my classes and said they couldn't afford to pay, I thought, well, I need that person's money to build this good thing that I'm trying to do. But what am I really trying to do if I can't do a good thing for him? What's the use of building a retreat and a community if I can't take it right here at this moment? So I would always allow people to take those classes for nothing. They would pay in ways of maybe bringing cookies or helping to set up chairs uh, for the class or little things like that because I feel you should give um, in, re in response. But it didn't have to be money. And I remember one man, as I was saying, who came to me and he had... He, he said that I have inherited a lot of money and I need your advice. I love this community. I could be very happy living here, but I'd like you to tell me, should I live here? In which case he could give his money to the community or should I, should I go to India? Because I also feel drawn to go to India. And I just didn't even think about, about whether he could help us because I was doing it with a sense of inner freedom. You see, that's what you need if you're going to do it in the right way, to make the right choices in your life, to be non-attached, to think, no, let me do the right thing right now. Let me not think about the future. And I just thought about this person and what his needs were, meditated on it, and I said, well, I feel you should go to India. That was what felt right for him. It didn't seem right for him, relative to that choice, for him to stay at Ananda. I think Ananda could have been good for him, he could certainly have been good for Ananda. He had, I asked him how much he had. He said he had $200,000. Well, back in 68, 69, that was a lot of money. And uh, 
I didn't even bother to think about what he could do, what, how much it would help us. I only thought that way, well, how could I do that? No credit to me. Simply credit to this principle, the simple principle of inner freedom, of not feeling that you are bound by anything, whether the community succeeds or fails. Well, you do your best, and if it fails, okay. I've had a dream to build a community all my life, but if it's not to be, okay. I'm not going to make an obsession of it. I think that's the way, not anything, as I say, it's not to my credit that I did it. It's to the credit of a principle, which if we live, if we say, well, whether I succeed or fail is absolutely secondary, whether I live by truth is primary. There's a saying in Bengal, it's the motto of the uh, family, of the royal family of the Maharaja of Kuchbihar, Jato Dharma, Toto Jaya. In Sanskrit they would say, Yata Dharma, Tata Jaya. It means, where there is right action, there is victory. When you do the right thing, it may not be successful in the beginning in worldly terms. In the end, you can't fail. Because what you're doing is putting yourself in tune with a great law, a law that rules the universe. This universe is ruled by principle. It's not just a blind, mindless thing. That's what people could think a hundred years ago when it looked as if everything is matter but now it's becoming more and more evident that matter, it isn't that consciousness evolved from matter, but rather that matter is a manifestation of consciousness. We know that matter is not matter. We know that scientifically that it is energy. And that energy, many leading physicists today even are saying that that energy is guided by consciousness, that the underlying reality of everything is consciousness. Now, this is an ancient spiritual teaching. This is something that great masters in different religions have said, that there is no reality except God. That's what the Jews say every time they pray. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, what does that mean? Jews usually take it to mean that you shouldn't worship idols. Well, what is idol worship? if not worshiping things as opposed to God. And what is one? God is everything. God is the abiding reality. There is no other. What makes idols false is that they aren't real. Isn't that obvious? And why aren't they real? Because they don't exist, except everything exists as a manifestation of that underlying, infinite, eternal, absolute consciousness. Now, if you live in tune with that law, that higher law, then what you find in your life is that bit by bit and in proportion to how well you live in tune with it, how dynamically, how consciously, how sincerely, you will find yourself sustained. You will find that what you are trying to accomplish, you don't even have to really do on your own. It just sort of happens that you decide to do something and somehow the means without your worrying about how to manipulate events to make them happen, somehow the world sort of comes into your orbit and gives you what you need. Am I talking just a beautiful poetic philosophy? Yes, I am. But it's a great deal more. It's also practical. I've done this now for 43 years. I've watched a lot of other people following this way. I'm speaking from knowledge. I'm not talking lovely theory. I know it works. So, we come back to what I was saying, that we need to live in inner freedom
and that that inner freedom will give us the ability to act in the right way. Without it, we become obsessed. We become infatuated. We think this has to be, this has to be, and I have to sacrifice everything to make that happen. If you can understand that what you do and how you do it is a great deal more important than what you gain as a consequence of it. If you can act in inner freedom, only then will it be possible for your conscience to be so clear that you will do the right thing always, even automatically, without trying. You will find that the right thing will happen. And then, on the other hand, as you act, it will give you an increasing inner freedom. That that action will gradually absolve you from a sense of duty that you may have felt. It will give you a sense that, that really you didn't need that thing. You come to the point where you can live more in consciousness and then things just happen without even your having to work for them in a, uh, in a hard way. There was a lovely story of a saint who came to this country at the beginning of this century. His uh, name was Ramatirtha, Swami Ramatirtha. And he got on the boat. Somebody gave him a ticket to go to America from India. And so he got on the boat. He didn't have any money. And uh, as he was approaching, as the boat was approaching San Francisco Harbor, somebody came up to him and said, well, uh, do you have any money? No, he said with a blissful smile. Do you have any friends in this country? He said, do you know anybody in this country? Do you have any friends? He said, I have one. He said, well, who is this friend? He was sort of worried about this monk who seemed so innocent and so un unworldly. Who is this friend? And the monk with a charming smile said, you are. Which is the way he felt, that everybody was his friend and he was talking to this one. It was God in this form, it was God in anyone's form. In reality, he was talking to God through that man. He said, you are. The man was so utterly captivated that he sponsored his lecture tour through all the country and helped him to get back to India. But this was something totally unpremeditated because the monk just knew it would happen. The more you live in that inner freedom, the more you'll see that that really works. Meanwhile, you have to be practical too. But if you can be guided by that sense of not having, not being obsessed with anything, but always living by right action with the goal of becoming free, not with the goal of being involved, um, living in inner freedom and then letting things happen, the more you do that, the more you will see that everything will begin to go right in your life and you will live by that truth. Jota dharma, tota joyo.